Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Simple Church. How y'all doing today? Everybody good? Good, good, good. Glad to see you guys. My name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here. want to say thank you so much for being here with us this morning uh, on the Sunday just before Easter, which by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, it's called Palm Sunday. Does anybody know why? Because the devil is about to catch these hands. <laughs> All right, well. I have to give credit to my wife. She sent that to me, so she feels like she wrote it, even though she just screenshotted a meme. But uh, I told you that joke, yeah? Anyway, welcome, welcome to Simple Church. Glad that you're here. If you're in the building today and it's your first time here, we're so glad that you're with us. And if you're watching online for the first time, thanks for being with us. Maybe you've been hanging out for a while, but if you haven't done this one thing, uh, and that's to grab a, an opportunity to fill out a connection card. Connection cards are in the seat backs in front of you. If you're online, it's in the digital campus. There'll be links there for you in the description of the videos uh, or in just, just probably being posted in the chat somewhere now. But uh, we would love to connect with you. We would love to know that you are here and to celebrate that with you. In fact, if you'll fill one out today uh, in person and drop by the Connect Center afterwards, I'll be over there. Our team will be over there as well to answer any questions you have. Um, but we'd like to exchange that completed Connect card for a gift. So Feel free to do that at any time during the message today. Uh, I'm very, very excited this week before Easter, especially because I know that you all have been preparing for Easter just like we've been preparing for Easter, preparing our hearts, but also praying for the heart of somebody that you were going to invite to an Easter service. Easter's the easiest one to invite people to, by the way. People are looking for a church to go to. And so uh, a couple weeks ago, I asked you to begin praying for just one person and then to last week and this week to invite that one person. And in order to support you in that effort, we've been on Saturday mornings, we've been praying for those people that you're praying for, praying for you. Uh, and we've even prepared some invite cards to make it easy just so that you can give them out. Those invite cards are, are kind of scattered around the building, but you'll find them. There's, there's a, 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 an A-frame on your way out. You can just grab some of the invites from that A-frame, invite somebody to Easter service. Amen, everybody? This is the time of year they're looking for it. And if you're like me and you don't like rejection, I totally get that. Uh, but you have a very small chance of being rejected around Easter. And besides, rejection builds our character, is what they say. So, <laughs> But you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, all right? You do that. Amen, everybody? So, all right. Well, we're in this series called uh, Hashtag Blessed. And uh, I just want to be clear, I was the first week and forgot last week, but this, this entire series comes from a book that I read probably 12 years ago that just completely changed my heart and my mind around the idea of 
generosity and giving. And so uh, I, I want to highly recommend this. We were only going three weeks on this, but there's, there's quite a bit of good stuff in here that I'm not going to take time to teach in a series. But I would encourage you, uh, if this has impacted you at all and you want to dive any deeper, it's called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. I'll have it over there so that you can take a picture of it for all you all of you people that want to do that or take a look at it. But um, but I've really enjoyed this series. I've enjoyed sharing it with you. I've enjoyed sharing something that, that shifted me because I don't know about you, but I grew up in prosperity gospel and there was a whole lot of talking about money that, that you give in order to get. And that's just not the Bible's take on, on giving and being generous. And so I really am thankful for something that shaped my heart in the right way because that's important because it's all about the heart, right? It's absolutely all about the heart. We're talking about the living a blessed life that doesn't look anything like what the world says that having a blessed life is. It's not about how much money you have. It's not about your excursions and your trips and how many selfies you took in exotic places and the level of comfort that you live in your life. Hashtag blessed. Like, it's great. I get it. But this is not what the Bible's talking about when it talks about us living a blessed life. A blessed life is attached to, or really the word blessed could be switched with the word happy. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And he's saying, it, you're happier. You'll live a happier life. And that's, happiness isn't connected to stuff. It's connected to what's going on internally, and, it's, and that e an internal connection has everything to do with what is eternal and not temporary here on this earth. That's, so we talked about that in the first week. We talked about that it's important for us to learn to have a generous heart uh, because where our treasure is, there our heart will be as well. Uh, and so we, we addressed the issue of the heart last week. We said we, we want to be blessed, and one of the ways we need to do that in order to break uh, the, the curse of our life is to learn to tithe because tithing, we decided, tests your heart because that's the number one contender for your heart, by the way. It's why Jesus talked about money a lot. The Bible talks about money a lot too because it's the number one contender that, that God knew this one is gonna be the, the challenge, right? Money is going to fight for the place in your heart that only God deserves to sit in. And that's first place because God doesn't play second fiddle to anybody. And so we talked about that tithing, it tests our heart, and it's biblical, and that when we do it, we are blessed. If you missed any of those messages, I, was, I would encourage you to go back and give them a listen. I think this week is the best message of this series, and it's going to be on the subject of the principle of the first. If you're taking notes, it's the principle of first. And essentially what we're going to be doing is continuing the conversation that we started last week on tithing, but there's this idea of the first that must be attached to tithing. It's a, it's a heart position, right? And I'll explain that to you here in just a moment. But, but I want to repeat something that I've said every week is that, that I didn't write scripture. I didn't write the idea of tithing. I didn't come up with it. Some pastor didn't either. Uh, this, is, this is a godly principle that's found all throughout scripture. And I also want to be very clear. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. Because attached to the, these principles of the first and attached to the principles of tithing is blessing. And if you're looking to live a blessed life, God says, here it is. Here's how we can do it, okay? So I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And I believe that honoring God first is a powerful principle for your life. And I believe that if you'll learn it, if you'll live by it, that God has some incredible things in store for you that you're never, ever going to experience until you learn to trust him and do things his way. So here's what you need to know. The principle of first is, of course, from the Bible, uh, and it's from the beginning all the way to the end, and it's the idea where we put God first, 
in our lives, in every area of our lives. And when we do that, when we put God first, everything else comes into order. The reason for that is, is because God is a God of order. He definitely cares about the order in which he is placed in your life. Now, when you put God first and everything comes into order, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything is going to go your way all the time, but it means that everything has an order. When God isn't first, everything is out of order. So let me show you this principle today in Exodus. We're going to study a little bit, and this is going to help you, okay? So if you've, if you've got something to take notes, take some notes. If you don't have anything to take notes, the connection cards are in front of you. You can pull them out, and on the back side, it has a place for notes. But here we go. Exodus 13, verses 1 through 2, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. So consecrate. This, this is language that says set aside, okay? It, it has a purpose. It is set aside. <clears throat> he says, All the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, and he says, It's mine. Now, we saw this language last week when we looked at Malachi 3, talking about the tithe where God said it's mine, right? It belongs to him. He's saying it again this week around the firstborn. He's declaring it and saying, this is my property. It belongs to me. He goes on in verse 12 and says, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord. So again, he's showing some ownership here and saying that these, these ones belong to him. He's, and then he goes on, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. So in other words, if you don't give the first back to God, then you're going to lose it anyhow, right? The, the, the firstborn of this donkey, if you, if you don't redeem it, then you got to break its neck. You're going you're to sacrifice it or you're going to redeem it. And this is the same idea with tithing, and we'll discuss this here in a moment. But if you don't bring the, 10, the first 10%, then you'll lose it. It's better to bring it and have it be blessed than to keep it and lose it anyhow. Amen, everybody? This better. So the first thing I want you to understand about this principle of the first is that the first must be sacrificed or redeemed. The first must be sacrificed or redeemed. So let me summarize these two verses, or these verses that we just looked at. The first or the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. So, so how do you know which one you do? do you, how do you know what, whether you sacrifice it or redeem it? Well, there's two classifications that they give in this verse. There's the clean animal and the unclean animal, right? The donkey being the unclean and the lamb being the clean animal. And it says that, that when a clean animal has a firstborn, so when a lamb has a baby or when a sheep has a baby lamb, that firstborn is the one that you sacrifice, Right? You sacrifice it because it's clean. But when an unclean animal, like a donkey, has a firstborn, you must sacrifice a clean animal, so a lamb, to redeem it. And if you don't do that, then, then, then you're, you're to go on and break its neck. But, so the donkey has a firstborn. you got to sacrifice a lamb to redeem it, which, by the way, redeeming means to buy it back. So what does this mean for us? Well, let's... Let's look at how we should understand this through, through the lens of how we were born. Each and every single one of us was born spiritually steeped in sin. In other words, you were born with this sin nature on the inside of you. Nobody had to teach you how to sin, did they? When you were a child, nobody had to teach you how to lie, right? Why? Because deceit is within you. When you were a child, nobody had to teach you how to steal something. Why? Because envy is in you. Nobody had to teach you how to be selfish because selfishness is in you as well. 
Look at children and the way that they interact with each other, right? We have to teach our kids to behave a certain way because sin is in their hearts. In Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, it says that wickedness is in our hearts, and, and man can't even know the depth of his wickedness, right? Like only God knows. So we were all born unclean, okay? Everybody following me so far? Every single one of us, humanity, was born unclean, steeped in our own sin. Jesus, was he born clean or unclean? Clean, yeah, yeah. He's, he, is the chi- he is the son of God. He was born clean. The clean had to be sacrificed. Sounds like there's some sacrificing going on back there, right? <laughs> Everybody here, and I'm watching everybody's head go, like a puppy dog hearing a strange sound. Some of you parents are keyed in. You just looked and said, is that my kid screaming? <laughs> Maybe. Unless they come get you, you let them take care of it. They, you trust them, all right? It's going to be good. <laughs> well, we were sacrificing something. I don't know what we were doing. <laughs> Not kids, to be clear. <laughs> Not kids. Uh, yep, redo, run it back. Jesus was born clean. I'll be here all week. <laughs> Didn't think you'd have fun on a Sunday morning talking about money, did you? We, here we are. <laughs> so the clean, I want you to notice this, the clean, Jesus, had to be sacrificed for the unclean, that's us. That, that, that because we were ourselves unclean, there's nothing we could do to redeem ourselves. That the clean had to be sacrificed so that we could be redeemed back. It's the spiritual principle here. And this, this is a principle that God put into place in the Old Testament, and he honored later in the New Testament. Jesus was sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. And God puts this thing in place. Jesus was the firstborn. He was God's only begotten son, his only born son. And he was sacrificed so all of us could be redeemed. And this relates to a lot of things in our lives that, that man, it's, it's important that we understand how, also how it relates to money and tithing, which I'll get to in just a moment. But I need you to understand the principle of first so that we can get there, right? So many, many people reject the idea, I think, of tithing um, because they don't understand this principle of the first. Jesus was God's tithe. Let me just say it that way. Jesus was God's tithe. The tithe is always given first. What I mean by that is that God didn't wait for us to clean ourselves up or to quit sinning before he gave us Jesus. The Bible says that in Romans 5, 8, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. What that means practically is that Jesus didn't go to the cross that day and have his hands stretched out and have himself stripped naked, and just before they put the first nail in his hand, he said, wait, 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 can I ask a question? Is anybody going to trust in me after I do this? Is anybody going to surrender their lives to me? No, he didn't do any of that. While we were still sinning against him, he gave his life for us. He went first, and it's important that you know why he went first, because it takes faith to give first. It takes faith to Give to God first the first 10% and trust that the 90% he's going to bless. It takes faith to do that. But God didn't ask us to wait until we have, they had 10 lambs and then give one that you don't like. He didn't say to do that. He said, give the first one because it takes faith to give the first. And this principle is all through Scripture. What I love about this principle is this, we talked about last week, is this is the only time God says in the Bible, you can test me to see if this works. 
He says, test me. Test me and see if this works. And if you'll do it, he says, if you'll give for, to me first, I'll bless you. He says, bring the tithe to the storehouse, which is God's house. It's the church where he's placed his name. And he says, see if I won't pour out a blessing uh, so much room or so much that there won't be room enough to receive it. And then he says, if you'll do this, not only will he bless you abundantly, but he'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. In other words, God's going to go to bat for you. He's going to be your protector. He's going to protect all the things that you're working on and protect your fruit so that it doesn't give, it, give itself up before it's time in the field. Like It's all these promises he gives us in Malachi 3. But, but it's not for his sake. It's for our sake. So the first must be sacrificed or redeemed. Now, I think I asked this question last week or maybe the first week, but why did God, God come up with the idea of giving or tithing more specifically? Why 10%? Why that number? To support his ministry, to support kingdom? No, it, it, because God, God's the one who provided manna every day for the Israelites when they were in the wilderness, gave them food, something to eat every day. He also made water come out of a rock. God doesn't need your money to do what he's gonna do here in this earth. He's all powerful. It's not about what him, what he needs. God didn't invent it for his sake. He did it for us because tithing helps us walk in faith because it takes faith to give the first 10%, not the last 10%. In Deuteronomy 14, 23, it says the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. That's why it exists. It's for us. Now, I already know some of the pushback. I have lots of conversations around this. You know, tithing is hard. And because it's hard, I don't believe that God would want anything hard for me. <laughs> I never laugh in anybody's face when they say that. But let me, let me just relate it to you this way. Each and every single one of us is, is one of God's kids, right? And if, if you're a parent in this room and you have kids, you'll want good things for your kids, Right? And some of the things that are good for your kids, well, they have a lot of hard things attached to them, don't they? Studying, practice, money, testing. A lot of these things come with investment and no promise for success, right? We do want hard things for our kids because it shapes them, it molds them. God's, God knows that this isn't easy, guys, but he's promised that you're doing it will bring blessing to your life. He promised that if you learn to walk in faith this way, that he'll pour out an abundance of blessing. So here it is, the first principle again. The first must be sacrificed or redeemed. The second one I want you to know is that the first fruits must be offered. First fruits must be offered. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions, right? It's honoring to give the first fruits. So he says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus 23, 19 says the first of the first fruits. God wants you to know that it's the first part of your, of your increase. The first of your first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. He said he wants us to know, hey, it's the first one. It's first. It's important. God has a claim on things that are first. And there's a reason for that. There's also a reason why God, when he's talking about these first fruits, he doesn't say give. He doesn't use the word give because you can't give what's not yours. He said that first 10%, it's his. You can only bring it. You can only bring it or keep it. Those are your choices, right? Bring it or keep it. 
God has this claim on this first fruits and on the firstborn. He says that they're mine. And on, when he, in Malachi 3, when he talks about the tithe, he says that it's his as well. And he uses strong languages and says that if we choose to keep it, then we're robbing him. But he always says, bring it to the house of the Lord your God. In other words, you can't designate where you tithe. You can't say, well, I'm going to give 5% to the church. I'm going to give 5% to charity. And that, that, according to the scripture, that's not how that works. That God's intent is for you to bring the, bring the, the tithe into the storehouse. Now, you can give above and beyond your tithe and give to other charitable organizations, and all that is fine. But God says, bring it to my house. You are not in control of what is not yours. I'm not mad. I'm, just, I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to teach you, okay? I'm just trying to teach you about the principles that are here. Some are like, I like to give to charity. I like to give to my church. But, but, but first fruits, the tithe, it goes to your church. It goes to God's house. God wants this first portion because it's the redemptive portion. It's the redemptive portion. Give the first and the rest is blessed. You see this throughout scripture. One of, my, one of the more obvious ones is when it comes to uh, the first is when Joshua was leading the Israelites into the promised land. There was a whole bunch of cities and a whole bunch of people that they conquered in order to take over the promised land. But there's only one city that God asked for all of the spoils of the city to be given to him. And that was Jericho. Do you know why? Because it was the first city that they conquered. This principle of the first exists in Scripture. God's like, I want the first part. I want you to bring it all to him, to me. It has to be brought first, or God won't accept it. So the firstborn and the first fruits belong to him. Now watch this play out. In Genesis chapter 4, this is the story of Cain and Abel. We, have, we don't get a whole lot of, of story on these guys, but these are Adam and Eve's sons. And, uh, and it says this in Genesis 4, it says that in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And that first sentence right there, in the process of time, is important for you to notice, okay? It, 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 he didn't do it first. It was just whenever Cain felt like it. He, he brought an offering, all right? And, and it also doesn't say first fruits. And then Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. So Cain here is a farmer, and he has first fruits. He has, he has vegetables and fruits and things that he's growing, but he doesn't bring the first fruits to God. He brings it whenever he wants to, right? And Abel, the rancher, he brought the firstborn of his flock. And God rejects Cain's, but accepts Abel's. Why? It's the principle of the first fruits. And by the way, this happened 2,500 years before the law ever came into place. Tithing was a principle that existed long before the law, but the law comes along and says, hey, this is ordinary behavior that we all need to do, so we're just going to go ahead and put it underneath the law. Because I know the pushback, Aaron, all this stuff is underneath the law, and we're not underneath the law anymore, we're underneath grace. And yes, I hear that, but also we talked about this at length last week, go listen to it, uh, because just because something was under the law doesn't mean that it's not for us today, because don't murder is under the law. And I know you want to kill somebody sometimes <laughs> uh, right there on Main Street going through downtown in Reynoldsburg, you know what I'm saying? You want to, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You feel that tension in the room, right? The murder is so thick you could cut it with a knife. Like, <laughs> but that was under the law. So since we're not under the law, we can do that today, right? No, you can't do that today. So, so, so just because it was there under the law doesn't mean it's not for us today. So, so we talked a lot about that. Please go listen to that. We, we're, we're studying through this 
uh, the last couple of weeks. So, so if you missed something, make sure you get, you get the full content. But, but I want to go a little bit deeper here because not only could God not accept Cain's offering, I will tell you that he couldn't do it. You're like, oh, dangerous territory. Everybody back up from the preacher, man. He just said God can't do something. Well, there are things God can't do. You know that? I mean, he's the God of the impossible, but there's things he can't do, and the things that he can't do are always connected to his nature. He can't violate his own nature. That's just not something God can do. Uh, let me give you a few examples here, okay? Um, God can't lie. God can't lie. And the reason he can't lie is because God is truth, right? It's not just that he speaks truth, it's that he is truth. God can't change. This is a theological principle called the immutability of God. See, because if God could change, then God could get better, and God can't get better because he's already best. Yeah, he's perfect, right? God, God can't, he can't change. God doesn't think the way that we think. God is, is omniscient, that's the word. It means he knows everything all at once. I feel like if I knew everything all at once, my brain would explode. Like I, just, I just don't think there, that it's possible, but God doesn't think the way that we think because, see, when we think are thinking something, we're trying to figure things out. God already knows everything. He's not trying to figure anything out. Truth about God is nothing has ever occurred to him. You know what just occurred to me? That's, that's, he's not sitting up in heaven going, oh, my me. Do you know what? I just had this thought. Like, nothing's ever occurred to God. It occurs to us all the time because it's like, aha, I got it. God already knows it. So God can't think the way he, we think because his thoughts are not our thoughts. He tells us that in Isaiah. So, so here's how what God can't do relates to Cain's offering, what God can't do. God can't be second. He's first. He's always, always going to be first. This is called the preeminence of God, that he is the highest. He is higher. He is above all. He's first, and he must be first in your life. That's what happens when we ask Jesus to be Lord. We're asking him to be the boss. We're asking him to be in charge, the Lord, the number one. He must be first in your life. And if he isn't first in your life, if you haven't made that decision to make him first in your life, he's still number one. Whether you've decided that or not is immaterial. God is still first. And when Cain brought his offering, he brought it in the process of time instead of first. And God could not accept Cain's offering. But Abel offered what was first. And since God is first, He'll never be second. He accepted Cain's offer or Abel's offering. Cain gave what he wanted when he wanted, and God said, I won't accept it. So the first must be sacrificed to redeem. First fruits must be offered. And third, the tithe must be offered or must be first. Why? Well, because again, the tithe is something God says is mine, and God is first. So firstborn and firstfruits belong to God. Look at this, Leviticus 27.30. And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. So God said, it belongs to me and I've got it set apart for my purposes, okay? You say, yeah, but Aaron, all of it belongs to God. This is a true statement. But God isn't asking for you to give it all back to him. He's only asking you to bring the tithe so that you'll step out and trust him. 
right? He wants to bless you, but he needs you to participate in the way he's asking you to participate so you'll learn God's ways work. A few years ago, I took my kids to, uh, to Dairy Queen, and, um, and you know, I love my kids, and we got into the line, and, uh, and there was this new flavor, Blizzard, and it was like the Jurassic flavor Blizzard. It had like everything in it, right? It was, it was attached to one of the Jurassic World movies that came out. And my son Trent was going nuts. He's like, Dad, look at all the stuff that's in that. I want that. And, uh, and Tyler, who was just my steady Eddie, he was like, I'll take the Oreo Blizzard, which he gets every single time without deviation. <laughs> so, so Trent, we go through the line. I order, I pay, and we're pulling out of the line. I didn't order anything for myself. But the Jurassic thing kind of sounded interesting. I just wanted to know. And, I, and Trent gets the lid off because I, I didn't care if they ate in the car. Some parents are, are worried about that, and I don't care. My kids know how to clean up. And he pops it off the top, and he jams that spoon in, and he pulls it out. I said, hey, Trent. I'm looking in the rearview mirror. I said, hey, buddy. I said, can I have a bite? He said, sure, Dad. And then he went to take that first bite in his mouth, and I said, no, no. I want that bite. Now, I was not trying to be profound. I would love to tell you that I'm so brilliant and I'm so smart that I used, that this was an object lesson I was used. I was taking the moment to teach my kids. It's not it. It was just about the ice cream, okay? Don't give me more credit <laughs> than I deserve, right? And I said, no, I want that one. And I'm known to be a prankster and joke with my kids, but I held my ground. And he looked at that first bite, and you could tell he was really struggling inside. Why? There's honor attached to firsts, isn't there? There's honor attached to that. That's why we're like, we want to be the first one to get the new thing. We want to, the, the new wiggly warp and the, we want to be, we're the first ones to see the new TV show and the first ones to, like, we, we want to be first because first are honoring. First is important to us. And he's sitting there looking at that first bite and he's like, you want this one? And I was like, yeah, I want that one. I really didn't care, but I was just messing with him and he, he's struggling then a smile crept across his face I was really proud to see. And he goes, okay, Dad. And he gave that first bite to me. And the second I put it in my mouth, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, and that's what tithing is. Understand that the, the ice cream he had in his hand, I bought it and paid for it, right? I gave it to him. I drove him there. I used my gas and my energy and gave him my life so that he could have a Jurassic Park <laughs> blizzard. I mean, it was a small piece of my life, right? But I earned that money. All right, let's be honest. It was my wife's money, but it's fine. <laughs> but, but I'm the one who gave it to him, right? And so for, for him to return, the first bite was the honoring moment. And, and it's the same with us. God, everything we have, God has given us. And all the increase of our, of our, in our lives, God is responsible for that. He's not asking for all of it back. He's asking for the first bite. He's asking for that, that 10%. I like to call it first and 10 for you football enthusiasts. You understand that, right? It's important. So let me make this super practical for you. Let me get, get down into really, really practical, simple stuff. If, if you earn $1,000 and you get paid in 10 $100 bills, Making math easy for you. Which one of those $100 bills is the tithe? 
the first one. Which one's the first one? Is it the first one on this side, first one on this side? It's the first one that leaves your hand. That's the, that's the first one. That's how you know. But too often times, we, the, the first one that leaves our hand goes to the mortgage company, the, the utility company, our car payment. And then when there's anything left over, we go, God, here, here's your portion. But God's like, no, no, I'm first. It takes faith to give it first. It takes faith to trust that you'll have enough left over to do that. It also takes some stewardship on your part, by the way. Another word we don't like, but it, it's true. That if we're going to decide to do this, we need to, to rearrange our lives. One guy said to me, he said, in order for me to tie there, he said, I'm going to have to cancel my ESPN. Here's the invitation. It, was, it just occurred to him, you're going to have to rearrange your life in order to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yep. But the, the mortgage company, when we give to them first, the mortgage company gets the tithe. But the mortgage company doesn't have the power to bless your finances. God does. Many people only give God what's left over. But God won't honor what doesn't honor him. He's saying that the first is what honors him. And you say, what, is God, what, what does God have to honor? Well, God has a, a promise to honor, that he'll bless you, but he'll only honor it if it's the first. In Malachi 2, before he gets to the place where he's talking about the tithe of Malachi 3, he talks about the fact that they used to bring sacrifices to him, but the sacrifices they would bring were, were animals that were deaf or blind or maimed. They're the animals that they didn't want. It was the leftovers, the runts, the ones they couldn't sell. And God says, I'm not about this. He said, in fact, he said, I reject these offerings. Even though you're bringing them and you're slaughtering these animals, you get no credit with me. I reject it because God can't be second. He can only be first. He's got to be first in your heart. He's got to be first in your finances. And again, I, I, we talked about the pushback I get on, well, I can't afford to tithe. You're never going to be able to until you do. Because tithing is what breaks the curse. You, you're just never going to be able to. Tithing is what rebukes the devourer, and if you don't tithe, you're going to lose it anyhow. It'll be devoured. And those of you that are tithing can attest to that. Amen? Yeah, there it goes. It's for your good. God wants to bless you. So the tithe has to be first because God has to be first. Now, I've got one more thought I want to share with you on this. And this has been blowing my mind because I've been diving into this content so much. Because this has major implications for our lives. And I saw something this week that I've just never, ever seen before. The tithing can't just be this thing that we, all right, oh, I'm just going to do it. No, tithing has a purpose. And every time it talks about tithing, when it talks about how we actually do it, so it's the first and it's 10, 10%. But there's also a heart posture that's connected to it. And this week I was reading in Deuteronomy chapter 26, which we read some from last week. But there's a pattern that was laid out for them. The tithing was definitely connected to the heart. And when they would come to the temple, they would bring their tithe. And before they were able to give it or drop it in the give box, before they did that, there was a pattern of four things. Recall, return, rejoice, receive. Recall, return, rejoice, receive. There's a pattern the recall is, 
He said, before you give that, he said, I want you to recall what God has done for you. Hmm. And we're going to do that today before we give. He says, I want you to recall my faithfulness to you. And for them, it was to recall the story of how he delivered them from Israel, or from Egypt, excuse me, the Israelites from Egypt. To recall how God had redeemed their lives. And then, once you had re recalled it, in other words, I'm going to take a moment, I'm going to remember. He said, then you can return. Because remember, you can't give the tithe. You can only return it. The priest then receives it. So we recall, we return, and then there's always this pattern after we return of rejoice, that together we rejoice in all the good things God has given us. And the last one is simply received because God says that if we're willing to do these things, he's pouring out a blessing, and now it's time to posture ourselves to receive. All through scripture, recall, return, rejoice, receive. Recall, return, rejoice, receive. Some of you give digitally from home, and you text to give like I do. Before you text that number, recall. Text that number, return. Rejoice that God has so blessed you that you're able to return. And then posture yourself to receive. Recall, return, rejoice, receive. I would encourage you to take time to, to read that verse on your own in Deuteronomy 26 for sake of time today. I'm not going to share, with, share it with you, but this is an incredible shift in our perspective. The tithing is connected to a moment where we remember all that God has done for us. But I have to tell you that I was not a good person. I was just like you, born steeped in my sin. That I was broken, I was addicted, I was angry. I was far from God. I was lost in so many ways. But God. But God gave us Jesus. And from the moment that I put Jesus first in my life, everything has changed. And that's why I will happily return the first and ten to God because he changed my life forever. Let's pray. My question to you, church, today is what is God saying to you? You know, believe that God has a desire to bless you, not just your finances, but your marriage, your kids, your career. You know, maybe this is a principle you didn't know about. And, and you're just learning about it, and that's okay. But God desires to bless you, but you've got to put him first in every area of your life. And so some of you today here, I wonder if what God is speaking to you is that to take a moment to, maybe you've known about this before, and, and this is not anything you've, you've ever done. And you're like, I want, to, I want to change my path. Maybe you'll need strength for that shift. Maybe you'll need some wisdom as you rearrange some things in order to honor God. I'm not sure what you need to do. Maybe you need to start doing something. Maybe you need to turn something off. Maybe you need to disconnect something. 
I'm not sure. But if you're determined to give God your best by giving him your first, I'm certain you're going to need something from the Lord in that journey. So God, help us. Help us today to put you first, not just in our finances. We know that that's the number one contender for our hearts. We hear you, God. Help us to break the curse that finances and money just tries to have on our lives. Give us wisdom. Give us all the help we need. The courage to test you. The courage to put our faith and our trust in you. Knowing that this is for us. That it's for us to be part of. It is for us to uh, be blessed. To trust you. God, so many times in my life I've prayed and asked you to grant me your grace so that I can trust you more. Here, here is another opportunity. Help us. Give us clarity and creativity as we make plans to honor you with our finances. To live the blessed and happy life that you have for us. And as we continue in this moment to pray, I just want to let you know, you know, God didn't ask us to do something that he didn't do himself. He gave first, gave his son Jesus. John 3, 16, it says the reason that he gave was because of his love for us, that God so loved the world that he gave his first begotten son. And he did all of that so that all of humanity could be forgiven, be transformed, made brand new, so that all of humanity from that time forward would live a full and fulfilled life. So if you're here today and you're like, Aaron, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want one. Maybe the reason that you haven't in, embraced this, this journey is because you're scared you're not going to do it right. You know what? Welcome to the party. That's all of us. None of us do it right. This is not about perfection. This is about progress. This is about what God wants to do in you. It's about the purpose he has for your life here on this earth and in eternity in heaven with him. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I want to be part of that family. I want to be part of this, this family of God. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to be included on that prayer, would you just slip your hand up and let me know? Say, Aaron, that's me. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to make fun of you. Nobody's going to call you to the front. But if you're here and you're making a commitment, just slip your hand up. Say, yeah, that's me. I'm ready today. I'll make Jesus Lord of my life. If you're watching online, there's a, there's, there's a way for you to indicate, hey, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. But let's pray together, everybody, all, all together out loud so that nobody's praying alone. Say, Jesus, I need you. I want you to be first in my life. So forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and make me brand new. Show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Listen, I want to celebrate with those of you today, not just those that are taking a step towards relationship with Christ, but those of you that are taking a step towards putting God first in some area of your life, whether it's your finances, your marriage. We celebrate all of those steps. It's important. Come on, Simple Church. Can we celebrate with people making decisions today?
Well, as we wrap up this series, uh, I want to, again, just there, there is an opportunity to give. And I want to just say this, that if you are feeling compelled to give out of some guilt or because you're feeling some kind of strong emotion, please don't give. I want you to give because you feel like the Bible tells you to do that. And so that I'll leave that with you. Uh, but just know there's no obligation to do that. It's just uh, it's up to you. It's an invitation for you to test God. Um, for those of you that have been giving, I do want to say one thing. that have been giving through the snail mail. Um, there is an update to the way that we are doing mail. So for those of you that continue to mail in, thank you for that. That's an awesome way to continue to do that if you're using your bill pay. But we don't have the P.O. box anymore. We just have our street address here. So please note that. Update your bill pay because we've got a certain amount of time that they'll forward our mail to us. Uh, and then, then that expires. Uh, so, but thank you for your faithful giving. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Remember, if you have not invited your friend to Easter service next week, I promise we're not going to be talking about money, okay? So uh, if you're like, <laughs> like, I don't want to bring my friend for the first time when we talk about money. Let's talk about Jesus. Hey, we're going to get after it and do it. So uh, bring your friends next week. Make sure you invite somebody. We, ha we will have the, uh, the Easter Bunny will be here for family pictures. Uh, we'll have uh, some, some extra goodies and some yummy stuff in the uh, cafe. And Jesus will be here as well. So, hey, let's, uh, let's get after it, all right? Now, as we give, let me, just, let me just do this. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you, God, for all that you've done in our lives. Thank you for redeeming us, for rescuing us, restoring us, forgiving us, making us brand new. Thank you for, for totally transforming our lives. We give because you gave first. We love you and thank you for the opportunity to do that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. God bless you guys. If you need prayer for anything, our pastoral team will be here. I'd love to meet you at the Connect Center to say hi. God bless you. We'll see you next.